Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I'm excited to share this message with you today. I pray the Lord ministers to you as you listen. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Christ for the masses. Uh, how many of you here, you're, you're visiting? Would you just raise your hand? I didn't get to see. Oh, wow. Welcome. So glad you're here. You're never going to be the same. <laughs> Some of you are laughing nervously. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you're here. Well, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for Christ, for the masses. We thank you that you brought us all together this morning, this place, and this time. And we know that you had divinely appointed even the seat that we're sitting in. Lord, I, I pray that there would be a divine moment this morning as, as we share and pray and preach. Lord, that you, would, that you would touch people in a way that causes hope and faith to arise in them. And that you would bless this day and that you would mark this day for so many that are in this room and that are online today, that you would mark them, that this would be a marking moment. This would be a woman at the well where the prophet meets the king. Lord, we pray for that kind of a day today. Amen. <clears throat> um, I, think, I think it was in this service that I prayed last week. I'm not sure, but uh, we were praying in staff meeting last week, and I had this, uh, this in, kind of like an encounter of this phrase go through my mind as we were praying, unleash the kingdom. And uh, then I, I, uh, I saw a, a, a lion on a leash with a man, like, like I had this lion as a pet. And I felt in the vision, I felt the Lord say to me that he's unleashing the lion of the tribe of Judah that's been domesticated. And uh, then I, I began to see that I was leashed. And I felt the Lord say to me, I'm unleashing you. And I saw 10 years ago that I got leashed and nobody leashed me. I leashed myself. I'm sure Bill would like to put me on a leash once in a while. <laughs> so would my wife. <clears throat> but none of that is true. I, I, I felt the Lord uh, show me that I had been domesticated, that I have allowed myself to be domesticated. And I think some of it, you know, has, as I look back over the last 10 years, um, you know, when you're, when you're in Weaverville and you're from Weaverville and you're still in Weaverville, there ain't a lot to lose. <laughs> you, know, you know, if you make a mistake, like nobody knows it and actually nobody cares. And uh, I think that as, you know, if, as we've come here and as we began to, you know, when you, you get known and you, you have some things that it's really easy to not realize that you're sort of being frog boiled in the fear of man and in the fear of failure. And I didn't see that. I want to be totally honest. I didn't see that in my life. And you know how the Lord shows up and kind of mirrors back to you. And you're like, I, I felt it, but I never knew it. It was one of those moments for me. And uh, I, I felt the Lord, uh, he's been dealing with me all week about being unleashed. So I, I, I have a little bit of anxiety. Dan said it's, it'll go away if I confess it. So I did that. <laughs> Didn't go away in either service, but maybe this will be the one that it goes away in. 
So, because I really feel like, um, I really feel like that we're to not just uh, preach, but to really minister to a few people. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, people ask the question, maybe they ask you this question, you know, when did you learn about the prophetic ministry? Or when did you believe, when did you start believing in miracles? It's, it's kind of a crazy question for me because you know my story, most of you in here that are, that are part of our, our current family, because I've told it so many times, but my mother was sick. She had covered in psoriasis at 15 years old. I was terrified and I wasn't raised to believe in God or not believe in God, to tell you the truth. But I said out loud, if there's a God, if you heal my mother, I'll find out who you are and I'll serve you the rest of my life. And an audible voice said, my name is Jesus Christ and you have what you requested. And the next morning, my mother's psoriasis was completely gone. It covered most of her body. Yeah, I've told that story many times. A week later, the voice came back again. He said, my name is Jesus Christ. She said, if I healed your mother, you'd serve me and I'm waiting. I was 15. I didn't find the Lord till I was 18. So I actually knew that God, that God spoke way before I knew who he was. And, uh, and you know, so it, it's like, it, it's, uh, there's this saying, when you've been birthed in fire, smoke will never do. And so I, I, I ran it, I was, and I, I got saved in the Jesus movement. So like many, many in this room, and so the Jesus people believed in miracles. We saw miracles all the time. People set free from heroin by a miracle. People set free from schizophrenia. People, people uh, delivered from cancer. People, uh, you, you know, how, we just would have miracle after miracle. So I was, I was uh, it was 10, probably about 10 years before I met somebody who believed that the gifts of the Spirit passed away with the apostles. And I was in Weaverville and I, I still can remember it. A guy down the street, he wanted, to, he wanted to debate whether or not the miracles have passed away with the apostles and, and if the gifts of the Spirit weren't for today. And I'm like, how many of you know that a man with an argument has no power over the man with an experience? Like if the gifts of the Spirit passed away, I wouldn't be here. I heard the audible voice of God. I saw miracles. It's like, you can't convince me that your doctrine's right. Listen, your doctrine might be right, but your experience is wrong. <laughs> and I remember... Uh, Danny Silk, Danny, Danny Silk, uh, I love Danny, and he got saved when he was 22. Bill actually led him in prayer. Uh, I actually saved him. <laughs> and he credits Bill. I labored for five years, and then he led him to the Lord. So, <laughs> kind of funny. But Danny got saved, and he was a radical right away. He was 22, so Kathy and I had a youth group of, of teenagers he was really too old to be in the youth group, but he'd come to the youth group because I was mentoring him. And I remember the very first youth group he came to, uh, this um, mother had called me the night before youth group and her son, who was 18, um, I'll call him, uh, call him Henry, uh, he had schizophrenia. And we had seen many mentally ill people healed in our youth groups and home groups. So she called and she, she was a charismatic Catholic and she said, do you think it would be okay if my son came to your home group? And, and I knew who he was. Everybody knows everybody. He was a, a young man. He, he actually looked like a wolf and he was a bodybuilder. And she said, he has schizophrenia and he's very disruptive. Uh, but I, I, I'm just hoping he'll get healed there. I said, well, let's try it one night and see what happens. So he comes to the home group. I'm sorry, youth group. 
and he's in the youth group and we're, Kathy's leading worship. When we start worshiping, I sit him right next to me, of course, and the, the, about 40 kids are packed into our front room and most of them are sitting on the floor and he's sitting on the floor. And as soon as worship starts, he leans over to this girl and he says, would you have sex with me? And she's like, ah! she freaks out, right? So I, I, don't, I just hear her screaming. I don't know what happened because it's loud in there. We're worshiping. And then I, I'm like, what's going on? And everybody's trying to explain to me. And then before I could say anything to him, he turns to another girl on the other side and says, would you have sex with me? So pretty soon, you know, like worship's pretty done. <laughs> sort of put a little bit of damper on the worship. And so I say, I have 11 disciples and Danny that I've been discipling for a couple, three or four years. So I say to my disciples, like, hey, you take Henry in the, you take him in the bedroom and I'll, I'll go in there and pray with him. We'll, we'll get him delivered. So they, they, you know, coach him into the bedroom and, and Danny goes in there with him. And as soon as he figures out what's happening, he comes running out of the bedroom and a voice without his lips moving, a voice is yelling out of his stomach, like that. <laughs> and everybody got their prayer language really quickly. It was really, <laughs> didn't even have to teach about tongues. <laughs> Whole youth groups on the floor crying out to God. Well, Henry comes out of the bedroom and he's in that, that thing screaming at him. My kids are up on the loft, you know, watching the whole thing. They're supposed to be in bed, of course. He chases my kids up the stairs with this thing screaming. And, and they're like, you know, they're like four through seven. And so I grab him and I pull him down the stairs. And I say to the, my disciples, we need to get him outside before he hurts somebody. So we kind of coach him out the door. We kind of herd him out the door. It's pitch dark winter night. You know, in Weaverville, like when there's no moon, it is dark, dark. So we get him outside and, and, and my guys are on the deck and Danny's been saved one week. And this guy, he runs out into the woods screaming, Aah! which you could hear echoing through the whole neighborhood, of course. And my disciple guys, they're like, we need to go inside and lock the door so we don't get hurt. <laughs> and Danny goes, this is just like the book of Acts. He'd been saved one week. This is just like the book of Acts. And of course, the guy came back and we did a deliverance and it was crazy. I'll tell that story another time. But my point is, is that Danny, oh, no, no. we're streaming, it's pretty wild. But Danny, Danny was birthed in fire. It's not by chance that he is a man who does deliverances and helps people get whole because the first week of his entrance into the kingdom was birth with the man of the Gadarenes. And there was something on this, on, on, that, on him. Literally, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. My entire team was like, we want to get behind the closed door. We want to lock the door. And Danny was on the deck so excited, like, let me add on. This is like the book of Acts. He's only read two books by now, the book of John and the book of Acts. And, and I, I just want to say that anything could happen today. Like anything, anything could happen today. 
We have sterilized the Christmas story. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, how do Christians not believe in miracles? Do you know that Mary got pregnant without sex? I had to say it that bluntly because if I would have said it otherwise, people are like, what did he mean by that? <laughs> I mean, she got pregnant and she was a ver- you getting this at all? Like, this is how you came into the kingdom. Like, you, <laughs> she, like God hovered. And he put a sperm in her, which is the father, heavenly fathers. And she was carrying a God-man. Is this theologically? Dan's like, we are pretty close. <laughs> close enough that he didn't stand up and correct me. So that's good. I mean, this is how we got into the kingdom. Like God was birthed through a woman, right? That's the beginning of the story. And the climax of the story is that he dies on a cross. God dies on a cross. Well, that's not the climax. (laughs) That was Friday. (laughs) But Sunday was coming. And the God that died on the cross, he rose from the dead. Like, this is how you got in. He rose from the dead. I don't believe in miracles. Listen, if you don't believe in miracles, how did you get saved? You got saved from a virgin woman who got pregnant with God, God man, the God man, close, God man, savior of the world. The God man died on the cross. Wait, wait, that's not even, listen, it's better than that even. And then, and then he rises from the dead. And when he, and he rose from the dead, you were with him. (laughs) I'll read this. Our life began as a miracle. The creator of the world became a man born of a virgin woman who was infused with the very seed of God himself. The God man born of a virgin died on a cross for the sins of the world. And everyone who receives him into their life past present died with him. And on the third day, the God man rose from the dead and everyone who believes in him and asks him into their hearts past tense rose with him. Like, do you understand? You already rose from the dead. See how quiet it got in here? You wouldn't even know that. This is the God story. Like, this is the Easter part of the God story. When Jesus rose from the dead, Romans 6 says, you rose with him. When he was crucified, you were crucified with him. You're like, no, I wasn't born. God doesn't live in time. You past, present, already rose with him. And then you know this? (laughs) This is the Christmas story. We have sterilized the Christmas story. We have started with the manger. It didn't start with the manger. It started with the sperm. From God. I mean, you can't put it on a mantle or anything, but it started through this. I'm saying, I'm saying, if you start with the baby, you'd miss the point that this baby got here through a miracle. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I know some of you want to, I know I should, I should have leashed that one right there. I'm just pointing out that the manger scene isn't where it started. It didn't start with a baby you could like, you know, oh, cute little baby. It started with a woman who, was, who, who, who got pregnant by a heavenly father and who gave birth to a heavenly son who died on a cross for us, but also as us. 
Like, how do you not believe in miracles? Like you were born in fire. Smoke will never do. This is the Christmas story. Good word, Chris. Mostly, mostly good. Mostly good. I, 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 I have this word. I, I believe that we're in a time of holy disruption. I believe that God is, is releasing holy disruptions. And I was thinking about John the Baptist and how in Luke chapter 3, let me read it to you. It says, Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judea, Herod being the tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip being the tetrarch of Archera, the region of Tacheritis, 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 Tacheritis. I actually wrote it down. I had the Bible program read to me the name over and over and over. So you might be, you might be listening and think it's wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> and Lysenius, the tetrarch of Albany, well, Ananias and Caiaphas were high priests and the, word of the God, and the word of God came to the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. Uh, first of all, I sort of messed that up by not reading through it, letting Dan laugh at the way I was pronouncing those names. <clears throat> He's the teacher. He, he don't know. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that all of these men who had great titles, the, the tetrarch of this place, the mayor of that place, the priest of this place, the high priest of that thing, and God, and then it says, and the word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness. And I'm just pointing out that God is moving outside of the realms that you might be looking to for a God move. <laughs> and and, and here's, here's this message. The voice of the Lord crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, the rough places smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. And I just, I, I just feel like there's this, there's, we're in this season where God is taking the crooked places and he's making them straight. He's taking the rough places and he's making them smooth. He's creating a way. I believe that we're in a disruptive season where the Lord is actually, is actually infusing the John the Baptist, if you will. He's, he's causing the line of the tribe of Judah to be off the leash, undomesticated. And, and, and I believe that we're going to see disruption everywhere. I believe this is the word of the Lord. I was thinking about 1 Kings 18. This is the story of Elijah who challenged the prophets of Baal to a worship duel. And he basically says, you guys built an altar and you try to get your God to answer. And they do that and you know how that goes. And then he builds an altar. I, 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 here's the point, the, a powerful point. He builds an altar. He builds an altar of worship to God. And then he calls on God and the God who answers by fire comes down and consumes the altar, consumes the stones and licks up the water. And, and, I, and I, I, I want to I point out that it began with rebuilding the altar. It says, and he rebuilt. He didn't say he built an altar. He says he rebuilt the altar. And I believe that God is rebuilding the altar of worship. I believe that something powerful is happening in worship. And I, I don't just mean Sunday mornings, although I would include all of that. 
but I mean that God is doing something powerful in worship. I wrote this down, that Elijah's personal God encounter became a national breakthrough. In one day, an entire nation steeped in Baal worship and witchcraft turned to Jehovah. And I was reminded in Matthew chapter 4, it's the story of Jesus being led into the wilderness by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, to be tempted by the devil. And you'll remember the last temptation in the wilderness was this. If you bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world, for they have been given to me. And Jesus answers, also written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And I want to point out that the battle is over who will be worshipped. The battle is over who will be worshipped. Will you worship the God of fame? Will you worship the God of fortune? Will you worship the God of comfort? Will you worship the God of domestication? What God are you worshipping? And Jesus said, you shall worship the, the Lord your God only. And it's interesting because Luke notes that Jesus came into the wilderness led by the Spirit, but he left the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Jesus had no public ministry that we know of until he had 40 days tempted by the devil and was released from that through the power of worship. Wow. Um, this prophetic word, there's coming into the life of our movement, holy disruptions, an earthquake in the spirit, or earthquake in the spirit of, I'm sorry, an earthquake in the spirit of historic proportions that will change the trajectory of the world and shift the tectonic plates of power. They will redefine the geographic and demographic, 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 I did good for two services. Now I can't talk. They, this will redefine the geographic and demographic epic centers of the nations, usher in the fear of the Lord, and release violent acts of grace over many countries. God is raising up a new capital cities. The epic centers of culture are shifting as God establishes apostolic cities. The principal way that nations' power is assessed, measured, and derived is shifting as apostolic cities of prominence arise in nations. And I feel like there's a violent act of grace. I'd say violent acts of grace being released into the nations. I'm reminded that Jesus said in Matthew 11 that, this, that's, that the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, violence and violent men take it by force. And then I was reminded in Acts chapter 2, there was a violent, Acts chapter 2 verse 1, verse 2 it says, And suddenly there came from heaven a violent rushing wind a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole place. And this was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But did you notice that it wasn't just a wind? It wasn't just a rushing wind. It was a violent rushing wind. And I'm not talking about violence on people, by the way. I'm not talking about some kind of, you know, uh, demonstrations. I'm talking about that the Lord is coming like he did in the book of Acts with violent acts of grace that actually transformed people and whole nations that were there actually heard the word of the Lord and signs and wonders broke out. And um, when we were ministering to Bill uh, Johnson on Tuesday, we had a, a senior leadership breakfast and, uh, and Bill came and I really felt we were to minister to him. And when Bill sat down in the breakfast that morning, I had this word earthquake and I was like, well, well that's not, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Uh, but it persisted. So as we were eating, I was like trying to figure out like, what does earthquake mean? And I was reminded uh, in Exodus and in, in several passages that earthquakes happen 
and they shape, shape and shake the foundations of the heavens and the earth. That in Exodus chapter 19, it says that a smoke ascended from the furnace and the mountains shake violently. In Acts 68, 8, it says, and the earth quaked and the heavens dropped rain at the presence of God. And, and, and it's, in Isaiah 64, 3, it says, you did awesome things that we did not expect when you came down and the mountains shook at your presence. In Habakkuk 3:10, it says that the mountains saw you and quaked and downpour of water swept by. And then it goes on to say, the deep uttered forth its voice and, the, and lifted high its hands. And then I was reminded that there was an earthquake when Jesus was crucified on the cross. And it's actually when Jesus was crucified on the cross and on the third day rose, there was an earthquake that actually shook the stone that rolled away the stone from the tomb. And that there was an earthquake in Acts chapter four, verse 29, when they were praying for boldness. And it says this, and the place where they had, were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And then in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were in prison and they began to worship. And when they worshiped, their worship became a warship, if you will. And it, it says that the foundations of the prison were shaken and the, and the doors of the prison were open and they were freed. And I just, I just believe that there is a shift coming. The literal foundations of culture are shifting. I, I, you won't be able to assign a person, oh, let's start it with this person. A found, the foundations of culture are shifting. The tectonic plates, if you will, are changing. Geographic and demographic power is moving. And God is, is again visiting us with the earthquake of his presence. And be ready, because it's about to unleash things. And by the way, what I didn't mention is, when the earthquake happened at the resurrection of Jesus, it said dead people came out of the tombs. <laughs> Dead people are coming out of the tombs. Earthquakes are happening. People who are dead among us are going to come alive. People who you, that you count out, they're going to be the, your neighbor who can't stand you is suddenly going to be, hey, can you show me this passage in the Bible? I don't know what this means. You're going to have Philip encounters with Ethiopian eunuchs and you get the idea that earthquakes are actually causing people who were entombed, if you will, in, in, in darkness and in, and, in, and in witchcraft to suddenly they're going to rise. You're going to say, my neighbor's alive and he was dead. Then yeah. I believe... I wrote this prophetic exhortation and I want to end with this and then I want to pray for a few people. We have faith for more than a hundred million dollar building. Like Elijah, we must repair our altar of worship in a way that leads to massive global reformation. We must move forward in the spirit and take, the, take ground in the Lord and we must find a higher and deeper place in Jesus. It's incumbent upon us to go where no one's ever gone before in God to push past the temptation to settle in the spiritual land left to us by our forefathers. It's therefore essential that we press deeper into the heart of God and take new territory in the spirit to discover what it means to see the glory of the Lord cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Our vision, is to be, our vision has to be greater than large gatherings and full services. Our forefathers walked on water, witnessed shadow healings and handkerchief deliverances. They turned nations upside down and witnessed entire Greek and Roman cities steeped in witchcraft and false religion turned to Jesus. I was part of a beautiful Jesus movement that saw hundreds 
of thousands of hippies come to Christ in groves so large that the only baptismal tank that could facilitate them was the ocean. But we need more than a movement. We need a Holy Ghost reformation that drives evil out of our nations, turns our schools and universities back into educational organizations based in truth, and delivers our children from the indoctrinational camps posing as educational institutions. We need a move of God so powerful that it breaks the back of fatherlessness so that fathers return to the family farm and wait patiently in their field of dreams for their sons to leave the pig farm of sexual perversion and return to a healthy home. Jesus healed everyone who came to him and proclaimed, greater works will you do when I go to be with the Father. I am thankful for the miracles I've seen, but I just recently returned from the funeral of our matriarch who died of cancer. And like Mary and Martha, I said to Jesus on that day, if you had been here, my mother would not have died. I publicly proclaimed at that time, we will mourn, then we will fight. I don't know about you, but I have no intention of spending the rest of my life mourning our losses. I want to plant the seed of Benny's life into the ground of nothing's impossible with God and see the fruit of a generation that actually experiences greater works and doesn't just talk about them. I am not satisfied seeing prophetic peacocks taunt me from from my kitchen window. I want to live to see the tangible glory of the Lord Rise in this present darkness in a way that attracts kings and queens, paupers and the poor, prostitutes and pimps to the church of Jesus Christ. I want, I want angels to frequent our ministries so often that we mistake them for our closest friends. That we mistake our closest friends for heavenly beings. I don't want the angels just hanging out in the sanctuary or unemployed by our faithless prayers. I want our faith to build strategic alliances with these heavenly allies. I want them deployed to save our city, apprehend drug pushers and school shooters. I want them to cut through the iron bars that are holding revivalist reformers out of the places of prominence and power so that the Nebuchadnezzars of the world can encounter the living God and and we can make disciples of all nations. There's more, folks. I intend to leave an inheritance to my children's children's children, a world in revival. Therefore, we have to leave the cesspools of virtuous living and find the promised land of the fulfillment of 2,000 years of praying on earth as it is in heaven. That's my intention. I feel that I'm supposed to minister to a few people. And I want to tell you that um, there was a story I forgot this morning, but there was a, we were praying for people online some years ago and I, I, I walked past this lady and I stopped and I turned around and I said, your baby's not dead, but alive. And what I didn't know is that she was pregnant. She wasn't showing and she had just got back from her doctor where her doctor told her through a sonogram that her baby had died. She screamed and fell down on the ground. I said, what happened to you? And she told me, I said, well, your baby's not dead, but alive. And of course you walk away from that and you're like, oh, hope that works. The next morning was Monday. She made an appointment to see her doctor. She said, I just had this crazy experience. And the doctor looked at her sonogram and said, your baby is clearly not alive. She asked for another one. The baby was not dead, but alive. Had a similar thing happen in Alaska. I I, I was at YWAM in, in, um, in Hawaii. And there was a couple there that I was there five days and they were really, really depressed, a husband and wife in their probably late 30s. And so I finally said to the, revi- the, to the pastor of that, of, that, um, 
of that school, discipleship school, I said, what's going on with them? And said, well, they lost their, their son two year, uh, five years, four years ago. He died. He was one years old. And they've been in depression since they came here to see if they could get hope again. They've been trying to have a child for four years and haven't been able to get pregnant. So I brought them up. I knew all that wasn't a word of knowledge. I brought them up and I started praying for them. I was going to pray for comfort and faith, you know, you know what you'd pray. But I found myself saying, and you're going to get pregnant and you're going to have twin girls. And so, you know, when that was over, I was like, back to the room, you won't sleep tonight. Anyway, last year I went to Alaska. I had forgotten all that, by the way. I wouldn't have remembered that testimony. I went to Alaska last year, and this, this mom came up with two girls, both 19 years old, and she told me the story. I, I said, I remember that. She said, yeah, you said I was going to have two twin girls. I got pregnant that week, and, here's, and the two girls come up and hug me and said, thanks for praying for my mom. If you haven't been able to get pregnant, would you stand right now? Holy Spirit's moving powerfully right now. You have to be married. You have to be married. You have to be married. Stand up right now. If you haven't been able to get pregnant, stand up right now. No, moms, you can't, grandmas, you can't stand up for your daughter. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Yep, no, there's somebody right over there. Please stand up. Please don't be afraid. Holy Ghost. Yes. If your wife's not here, you can still stand. You might be the problem anyway. Stand up. Lord, we just release right now in Jesus' name the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just say new births. We release new births right here in Jesus' name. We break the power of miscarriages in Jesus' name. We break the power of miscarriages in Jesus' name. And all of our, all of our family online, I forgot about you, sorry. Same thing, stand up right now. Jesus is moving powerfully in your life, in your womb, Lord, in Jesus' name. We just release we release new birth right now, that this testimony of Jesus, the dead womb and, the, and those who have had twins, Lord, we pray right now for a double portion anointing on these people who are standing in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. Whew. There's somebody in the room. Uh, we had a girl living with us who was, uh, she came up in the satanic church. And she got, uh, she got uh, saved in our church and she was desperately afraid of the dark. She had to sleep with the lights open on in our house. And one night she came home from church and she was sitting on the floor and I said, hey, the Lord wants to deliver you from the fear of, of dark. And she told us why she was afraid of the dark, which was obviously terrible. We prayed for her, the Lord deliver her. She jumped up from the, we were all sitting on the floor in our house. She jumped up from the floor and she spontaneously ran outside in the dark, yelling and laughing and saying, I'm free, I'm free. And uh, about an hour ago, the Lord said, I'm going to free people who are afraid of the dark. If you're afraid of the dark, would you stand right now? The Lord's freeing people who are afraid of the dark. And I'll tell you, uh, I, I have some more too. Uh, the Lord's healing STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. You don't have to stand for it. The Lord's healing you right now. Some of you are like, I deserve it. I, I disobeyed God. Hey, this, listen, this is, this is why Jesus forgave you. Yeah. He forgave your sins. So if you allow yourself to have STDs, you are not getting the benefit of what Jesus died for. So Jesus is healing you right now on, 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 uh, also online. And uh, yeah, thank you, Lord. Um, the Lord's anointing. Are you guys like married yeah. already? Yeah. Okay, stand up, please. What are your names? Jenny. Jenny, Jenny and Thomas. 
Yeah, I, 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 saw the, I saw the Lord put a sickle in your hand and I saw a great harvest coming from the two of you. And I saw the Lord, I saw the Lord send you out to the nations and I saw people uh, gathering around you. You were preaching the word of God. You were, you were healing the sick. And Lord, I, I just thank you for the miracle working power that's in the two of these. And I pray, Lord, that they would, together, they would be, one would chase a thousand, two would chase a t- 10,000. And I pray that even your children's children would actually minister in the lands that the Lord gave you. That there is a promised land, the Lord's opening the door to your promised land, and I bless this land of promise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand up, please? What is your name? Steve. Steve, Steve, I saw courageous written over you. I saw that you are a man like Barnabas. You give courage to other people because you're a courageous man. And uh, this whole row right here, you're sitting prophetically right here. I saw the word breakthrough. Like I saw, I don't know what you're praying for or how you ended up in the same row, but I do believe that God orchestrates even our sitting. And I believe that this whole row right here, you should be trusting God for your breakthrough this year, 2023. Like I believe that next year is the year when you prayed prayers. In fact, I'll say this, that Zacharias, uh, when the angel of the Lord came to Zacharias, who was the father of John the Baptist before John was born, and he said, the angel said to him, the prayers you no longer pray have been answered. And I want to tell you that some of you have stopped praying for things, but the Lord has not forgotten. And this is going to be a row. You guys should hang out together or do something and (laughs) pray for one another. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. What is your name? Is she with you or? Okay. Would you both stand, please? Of something being birthed in your home that's been talked about for a generation and, uh, and this is uh, the season of birth, as you just heard. And, uh, and it's coming out of your home, and I see your home, uh, like uh, Ezekiel 37, I see water trickling out from under your door and into the neighborhood. And I see, uh, uh, I see the strategy for um, the gospel being, um, and the kingdom being released to neighborhoods, first to yours and then to many others. And I see you guys as patriarchs and matriarchs of a whole move of God in which, uh, in which neighborhoods are finding Christ and being discipled and mentored in the kingdom. And it's kind of like these, uh, it's kind of like Alpha, where people can have a very easy way to get into the kingdom. I see you opening the door wide to people and I see bridges into, um, into powerful people. Uh, I see uh, someone from Apple uh, Corporation coming to your house and finding the Lord. And I see that person bringing others, other from Apple and others from other, other tech companies. And I see you becoming a mother and father to a, 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 to a people group you don't even know. So I bless that in you in Jesus' name. Sorry, I'm not texting. I wrote down all of these. Uh, let me do... Uh, there's somebody in here you have, uh, like, your, your mouth has canker sores in it, and you've been to the doctor many times. I don't know what it is, of course. I don't know anything about physical body, but um, it, it just keeps producing them. And the, uh, are you in the room? Would you stand, please? The Lord's... Yeah, you might be online. If you're online, can you get in the chat? Okay, is there somebody right there? Are, that's you who's standing? And are you standing for that, too? So... Uh, I, I felt to declare that that virus, 
that's been in your body that continues to do that is gone right now. It's broken by the power of the Spirit. And uh, this phrase comes to my mind just now that God wants to heal all those who are oppressed by the devil. I wouldn't think of canker sores as being oppressed by the devil, but I feel like it's trying to shut down your mouth and take away your faith. And so I release that to you in Jesus' name. And if there's uh, our, some of our family online, we release that to them too in Jesus' name. There's a man, oh, I know this is online. There's a man, um, the Lord gave me this about a half hour ago. There's a man in a hospital right now. You were in a serious car accident and you have serious brain trauma and your wife is standing over your bed right now. And so uh, I, don't, I, I think she's probably watching it live, but maybe she'll watch it later. And uh, I just uh, want you to put your hand on his head and the Lord is healing his brain trauma right now. He's, uh, his, uh, uh, they're, they're, uh, I think it happened uh, about, I don't know, a few days ago. And, um, and they're saying they're not sure if he's gonna return to normal. But the Lord says, oh, no, 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 no. He's gonna return to full normal. He's gonna be totally healed. He's gonna be totally restored. And so you uh, pray that over him and you're gonna see over the next five days that all of his, um, all of his faculties come back. Yeah, come on. And, uh, and a month from now, he's gonna testify in your, uh, in your church that he, and I don't even think he goes to your church, but he's gonna testify in your church that he was supernaturally healed. So I bless that. The last thing, um, if you don't know the Lord, maybe you're online, um, you don't know the Lord, or maybe you've walked away from him and you're, you're here today. I feel like the Lord wants to unleash your divine destiny on you. He doesn't just wanna save you. He doesn't want to just give you Jesus. He wants to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. If that's you, would you just stand quickly? I, I, I know it's a little bit, it takes a lot of courage and humility to stand, but I just feel to ask you to stand. If that's you, would you stand? Thank you so very much. Bless you. Yeah. Why don't somebody just go over to him? That would be great. Tom, would you do that? But I, I just, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna pray for you for a minute. I'm sorry. I'm actually not sorry. I'm unsorry. I, I just, I, what's, do you know his name by chance? His name's Will. Awesome. Will, I just bless you today. And I believe that you are gonna make a significant difference in your family, both those who went before you and those who, went, who are coming after you. And I believe this is a day, a significant breakthrough. And I saw the Lord put a crown on your head. He took off this baseball cap that was put on backwards that had a cuss word on it. And he put a crown on your head and he said, this is the way you'll think about you from now on because yeah. you are chosen. You are chosen, I love you, and I gave this call just for you today. And I bless that in you. And if you're online and you've received the Lord, please just put it in the chat. Yeah. Who's coming to take my place here? Would you just welcome Ryan as he comes, please? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.